Hi, I'm Brendan May, Managing Director of Hotel Resba. Happy to be here for TechTalk.Travel. Episode of Tech Talk Travel. Today I've got a great guest with me, Mr. Brendan May, um, a native of Canada um, here in Cologne. Uh, Brendan, it's great to have you here. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. And uh, I guess the weather's nothing like Canada at the moment. We're having a bit of a heat wave here. It's what, 32 degrees today. <laughs> We've had hot weather all week, and uh, yeah, it's a bit unusual for, for this part of the world, isn't it? Well, you know, you say that, but the funny thing is, moving to, to Cologne in Germany, my summers got colder and my winters got warmer. So Canadian summers, at least the part of Canada where I'm from, um, they're actually quite good. 30 degrees is not unusual, so I'm actually feeling well at home, oh, good. although it's a hot day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm the, I'm the same. I mean, obviously, being Australian, I, uh, I, I cherish this weather. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. So I just can stay like this as long as it wants. I'm fine. <laughs> anyway, let's not stick on the weather. Um, Brendan, let's talk a little bit about your background. Um, you, like yourself, obviously are an expat, like myself, is an expat here um, obviously a lot of experience in the industry internationally as well talk to me about what was it that inspired you to come into this industry right at the beginning if you like yeah. and through your career you've had a very um, a very colorful career in many ways you've been a lecturer Not at university, <laughs> but that's that's the beauty of this industry isn't it yeah um, it is. you've been a lecturer at universities you've um, been a, a major player in the beginning of snapshot um, so you've been involved with some very uh, progressive companies if you like yeah. as well so talk, talk to us a little bit about your journey and how it is that you came to where you are today. Sure. Well, I guess, you know, it all started actually when I was, uh, when I applied for university. I applied and got in for chemical physics, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, well, university is quite expensive in Canada. And as I was uh, thinking about chemical physics, I, I realized that I actually had a greater love for the jobs I was doing at that point, which was hospitality. Um, even in that stage, it was actually food and beverage side of the hospitality industry. And so I drove up to the university and instead of taking my, uh, my acceptance for chemical physics, I begged them and pleaded with them to change me to hotel and food administration, which they absolutely didn't understand at all why a scientist guy wanted to switch. But for me, it was about actually doing actual things and changing actual experiences for people. And so I, I was actually able to switch into that course graduated that course, moved on with, with Hilton. And actually even then, when I was doing my first projects for the Hilton Elevator Management Training Program, the science side actually started to come back a little bit because I was focusing on revenue management. Right, yes. So actually it's been sort of the story of how to marry these two aspects of, of sort of the scientific approach with the, the hospitality and the business side of the industry as well. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's where it all sort of began, if you will. Okay. And it's through the revenue management that really directed the rest of your career, right? I mean, obviously with what you did with Snapshot, I think you leveraged a lot on your revenue management experience. You've been with ideas in the past. Yeah. So talk to us about the the focus in the revenue management, was that purely because of the scientific piece behind it or the algorithmic piece behind it? What was it that actually appealed to you there? It's probably my geeky side, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the 
statement, you know, that, that little scientific boy that uh, they found that really interesting. But I guess what, what was different for that was that it was actually applying and making decisions on a daily basis. So it's this applied sciences, which I was missing, and sort yeah. of the pure sciences. But yeah, I mean, from the, the Hilton, then of course, um, came a bit of my personal life that I had met a German girl in between and just sort of moved off to Germany. Um, as you do. As you do, you know. <laughs> um, so I couldn't speak a word of German. Actually, that's not true. I could speak 10 words of German and I had one sentence um, and that was it when I got here. And uh, that was 2001. Um, so it was pretty difficult to, to get sort of the same job when I, I first got here. So I actually uh, went back to my food and beverage background, did some, uh, managed some restaurants and then slowly went back into hotel positions here in Cologne, actually, the Hotel Ambassador. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I went to electronic distribution systems. Okay. And was working, uh, helped Michaela Papenhoff build up H2C Consulting for about four years. And uh, from there, I actually met um, Fabian Specht from Ideas. Mm -hmm. And of course, as an as a old Hilton guy, Ideas was a company that I kind of had a very positive impression of and, and gravitated towards them. Um, eventually one thing led to another and uh, I joined Ideas um, looking after um, Central and Southern Europe um, from a sales and, and sort of customer support perspective. Mm -hmm. um, so that's when I really got the opportunity to start going out to hotels, applying the scientific side and the consulting stuff that I'd learned at H2C Consulting to really go in and take a look at the situation and then of course provide them a solution with either ideas consultants or ideas tools and really help them understand, implement and improve with revenue management. Right. So that sort of dovetails all into yeah. to those pieces. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you were, um, or I would say perhaps when you got into the distribution side of it, probably doing so at maybe a pivotal part of um, the time in our industry when technology was really starting to change as well. Um, internet was becoming a lot more prevalent, things were really rapidly changing as yeah. per, perhaps, say, 10 or 5 years even before that. So it's very interesting, isn't it, the way things have progressed? A absolutely. I mean, it was, um, you can look back on it now and go, wow, that was really a pivotal point. At that yeah, point, yeah. It, it didn't feel like it yet. I mean, I was doing things like analyzing the online market with Focus Right, but it just felt like the typical change of the day. Yeah. Looking back on it, you can really see that that's when, when things started to change a lot. But of course, when I started with H2C Consulting, the, the first year we were working on GDS audits. Right. So we were fully focusing on, on electronic yeah. distribution. For us, the definition when, when Michaela started it was um, travel agency systems, GDSs and yeah. so on. Um, and it was actually by the time I left, sort of four years later, that, that we'd already started to switch the model more focused to things like internet booking engines, yeah. Yeah. working with online travel agencies, and yeah. so that was a, a really quick four years. Right. Um, yeah. And of course, jumping in and, and sort of having that um, distribution knowledge and then able to put that revenue management process structure and of course the the forecasting and price decisions on top of it that that sort of fit really well mm. and and let's say gravitated me more into this area of sort of distribution revenue management which has a lot of yeah. crossover as yeah. we all know yeah yeah absolutely so it's interesting i guess let's take to from a, an operator's perspective today where do you see would be the biggest challenges for a hotel operator owner operator when it comes to today's technology 
Um, it's a minefield out there for many of yeah. them. Uh, they don't have um, perhaps an understanding of what really what's the best option for them, yeah. what, how much of their budget should they allocate. What would be some of your advice to, to them? And, well, first of all, let's talk with what you see yeah. are, are the biggest challenges for yeah. them, and then what are ways that they could perhaps work around it? Yeah, a huge, huge topic for discussion. Um, I mean, there's, there's a couple of things I think about when I think about technology and, and hotels, because we, a lot of us have this idea, and, and I think it's quite right, that hotels should focus on, on that which they do really well, which is obviously the hospitality but that's not, of course, enough. There's also the business aspect of, of the business, and part of that business aspect has become increasingly, in the 20-some-odd years I've been in the industry, has been coming increasingly important. I liken this to actually a, a thought or an article I read about um, Netflix a while ago. Netflix sat down and thought about, okay, what is critical and what is core? And I think this thought process would help a lot of hoteliers sort of clarify this, this challenge for themselves. Because Netflix says, for example, the streaming, the actual ability to get that, that show to you, that is absolutely critical stuff, but it's not core. That's not what they're focused on. That's not where they put the value at. And, and I liken that to hotels that in most cases is obviously differences and, and, and other positionings out there, but in most cases, technology is not core to that, what the hotel is offering, but it is critical. And it is so critical because if we think about the journey we've made as people in the past 20 odd years, you know, how old is Google? We've gone from a world where um, if you needed to go on a, on a business trip, you had to print out your map and your directions and all the information before you get there. Now you can walk out the door and with your mobile phone, you don't need to plan how you're getting anywhere. It's all digital. So what I'm trying to say is we've got these technology tools that we've become accustomed to as customers, as consumers, and our expectations have increased dramatically. Well, unfortunately or fortunately, that has a carry-on effect for hotels. And it used to be, at least for me, growing up uh, somewhat poor, when I went into a hotel, the hotel quality and everything it could do was way better than my student apartment. Like, it would just blew my mind going into just about any four-star hotel, even three-star hotels, like, fantastic. Now I walk in there and I think, the internet shit, I don't have enough plugs, uh, and a number of other challenges Holy that all rooms. come yeah. around yeah. technology. And it's mm. because technology has changed, but the actual physical hotel product in many ways hasn't yet. And so there's still a lot of catch up to be played. Now, ironically, to get back to the level of what I have at home. You've recently uh, started your own business. Why don't, why don't you tell us a little bit about Resbot? Yeah, yeah, sure. So, so Hotel Resbot, basically the idea came to be when we were working on a, um, on a platform to help uh, get people to find the right long stay. And we had built a bot basically that, had, um, that, that qualified the guests to see what kind of product they were looking for. And then we were going out to properties and, and sending them an email and saying, okay, you've been selected as one of the, the groups to, uh, uh, to pitch for this three month stay. And we weren't getting any answers back. Or at least it was taking for at least half of them more than a day to get an answer back. 
Now, I'm an Amazon Prime kid, and if I don't get my product tomorrow morning <laughs> delivered by the box, it doesn't exist anymore, it's gone. And, and it takes, you know, the average hotel took longer to get me an answer as what does it cost for a three month stay than it did to, uh, to get, for Amazon to get me a product physically to my front door. Mm -hmm. That's shocking, and that's a huge problem. Um, astonishingly still a huge amount of business especially in, in sort of classic B2B hotels um, business hotels but also leisure hotels still goes over email um, so what we actually did was we rebuilt our tool to work on behalf of the hotel and basically the hotels automatically forward their emails to us to our tool the tool reads the emails figures out what's the request and sends within usually about 30 seconds an answer back on behalf of the hotel to the guest saying oh here's a fantastic single room for 129 euros and here's a superior room for 159 euros click here to book so what we basically do is we automate the email request and booking process up to finalizing that booking um, i'm often asked so when will you get to 100 percent of, of the the requests and I'm obviously, I'm, I'm honestly of the opinion that we will always need a team between hotel and technology. We'll need them to work together. There will always be cases that um, they don't have enough data from the technical side, don't have enough data to provide an answer. So you need a human. Yeah. Because this is where we come into a passionate topic for me. Mm -hmm. um, what should and can technology take over for us and, and what should the human actually do? And, and one of the things I passionately believe is that in this world where we can't get enough staff to be hosts for our guests, we've got to start getting rid of the crappy jobs, the crappy tasks that they don't want to do. Because this is one of the reasons why people come into the industry, can do a three-year course on the industry, get their first job in a hotel and go, what? <laughs> no way. I'm out of here. I'm leaving. It's because we're still solving so many problems just with human grunt force. Mm. And that's putting the pain on our, our lowest paid workers and giving them the worst jobs. Well, the very least we could do for them is start taking away the shittiest jobs and making them automated. And, and that's basically where we come in and say, we can automate the, the basic stuff, the repetitive, boring yeah, stuff, yeah. but there's always going to be that special guest from New York who's got a special situation and a lot of money and, and all the rest and needs a different kind of care. Um, and it, but it's about finding the right solution. And in most cases, a technical solution can actually do it faster and better than a human. And we need to focus on getting the humans to work on those cases where the human can actually really provide the value. Mm -hmm. So how would, um for example, your algorithm, how would it determine whether or not the, the guest is a special guest that has special needs versus someone that just simply wants to book a room? Yeah. Is there a, a trigger in there that enables that to say, okay, you need to be passed to a human yeah. um, in order for your, your query to be resolved? Exactly. I mean, the first thing we do when we, when we get in an email is we analyze the email and, and make a decision, first of all, um, do we understand it or does the system understand it? And second of all, there's a whole sort of list of, of um, 
I want to say rules, but they're, they're not quite rules, but uh, um, processes that it goes through to say, okay, does this need to be dealt with by a human and then sends it back to the human. And the other thing that we do, um, we actually stole this from Reddit and how they use bots, to be honest, but bots are all over Reddit. Um, and I happen to be on Reddit myself quite often. Um, and, but the guest who receives the email, if they didn't like it, if they think that for whatever reason they should get a human, they can just write back, bad bot, and you go automatically to a human. And so that's actually one of the ways that we train the algorithm to identify, are there consistent sort of types of personas that are consistently not being served properly by the bot and need to be go directly to a human. So there's a number of different ways we, we manage that and, and sort of qualify that. Right. Um, but it's, it's kind of um, similar to the way that, um, that, that sort of sales tools work if they're doing lead scoring. There are a number of different points that can be awarded and if you get to a certain threshold level then the system knows, okay, I've understood this enough, this is a, a, a question I can deal with and then I can answer directly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so the obvious word here or the obvious question then is integrations. You, need, mm -hmm. will, you, you obviously will need to be integrated to PMSs, yeah. channel managers, I would assume. Um, how's that going? How, how are you finding that process as a startup? Because I often talk about this on, on the show because yeah. I think it's, it's such a bane in our industry. So I'd like to hear directly now from <laughs> you. I know you've experienced it in the past, but this yeah. perhaps is a little more closer to the bone for you. Yeah. How, how are you going with it? What's, what's the biggest challenge for you? So first of all, how many integrations do you have now and, and how many do you want to have and what's the biggest hurdle? Yeah, okay, so, so um, first question is, is how many integrations do we currently have? We currently integrate to um, four systems right now. Um, how many do we want? All of them. Yeah. Uh, so it's funny, I mean, a couple of years ago, that's what, what drove me to, um, to, to help David and Michael pivot Snapshot, was actually the, the pain of integration. And in those days, I have to say, in the back of my mind, was already you know, working on my own startup, if you will. Um, at that point, I was thinking it would probably be more something in the realm of revenue management. Um, but uh, um, I didn't have any desire to go and, and do that whole integration challenge, right? You're going to need the PMSs, you need CRSs, you need channel managers, you need rate shoppers and all the rest of that before you can even start. Um, and so that's really what, what drove me to start the, the Snapshot um, marketplace concept. So I uh, pitched it to, to the board for Snapshot and then later um, got the, the investment behind it to actually build it. And then I also went out to exactly those players and started um, getting the partnerships to build those interfaces. So I've done this, this role a couple of times. Um, obviously I was playing with that uh, with ideas as well, opening up new markets. Um, so, so I've been there a number of times and I have to say it's for a number of reasons today already getting easier um, and you can see a lot of shift in the market already today. I, I believe we're on the way to, I don't want to say completely solving this problem, um, but, but making it not the primary limiter of tech, hotel technology software growth in the industry as I claimed five years ago that it was. Um, I think it, it will not be that anymore. We've got companies like Apaleo coming out that, you know, open APIs, of course, Muse is along the same lines. And I guess the difference is on the old style versus the new style is just the amount of 
project management and human support you need behind it because that's the, the old model and, and that's what drives the cost. If you just have an API out there and it's self-explanatory enough to write to it, then now you're just talking about dev costing and, and you're kind of fine. Um, so my world right now is, is even a lot different than the, the one I had five years ago. Um, I've also got the benefit that for this product, the interface that I need is relatively light. Um, so I've been able to actually, uh, it's actually quite different than a lot of other startups because I don't need anything that doesn't already exist. And that changes a lot of things with the, the ideas world in which I, I lived in. We needed a bespoke interface every time for every PMS player. With the tool I'm working on right now, every PMS has somewhere all of the availability rates and inventory data that I need. Reservation delivery is fairly standard by now. So those interfaces through just the development, also through um, organizations like Open Travel Alliance and the standardization we've gone through in the last number of years, that part's gotten a lot easier. What's still there a little bit is obviously the politics. Um, and, and that I think is, is obviously more challenging for, for younger startups that have less of a network and, and so on. The, and, and then of course the other aspect is there's even further developments. Um, there's you know, the, the relatively new company out there called Impala, which is working on, on sort of multi-interface. They've just uh, done the deal with Guestline. Um, and then there's also um, Happy or Hotel API, which is um, just starting. One of my former uh, partners in, in our last startup um, has been pushing that forward. So there are a lot of sort of, there's a lot of, there's been a lot of progress there. I don't think we've found sort of the platform completely or it hasn't been established for what is going to be really the winners out of the future, but there's a lot of movement and there's a lot of opportunities to connect onto things in a much yeah. easier way than it used to be. Yeah, I agree. I think it's definitely moving in the right direction in that sense. Um, as, and, and look, there may not even be one particular winner as such. It could very well be that uh, each of these uh, will, will, will work off each other in many Absolutely. ways. And I think that's really how the industry should see it as well, rather than traditionally it's been a very closed environment. I think everybody in the industry, uh, from a tech provider's perspective, needs to be very open and willing to work with any other vendor out there or partner that's, that's needing to or wanting to work with them. So I think bringing them together is, is a very important piece. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's one of the, the, the challenges. And, and I guess one of my hopes is that if there is or, or if or when there are sort of clear winners that comes out, that they continue to maintain an, an open model exactly. and, and don't use that then as, as sort of their, um, their protection. Because right. I see, I mean, by, with all the, the annoyance and, and hate we have for this model, on the other hand, I think we have to look at it from the perspective of those big companies out there. And, and even if it's a pretty jerky thing to do, you can't argue that it hasn't made them money. Mm -hmm. and, and I guess there's going to be this, this sort of situation in the future where whoever or whichever tools become established, do they take it into the direction of a closed shop and start building up barriers to their stack? Yeah. Or do they really maintain this open new I model? would certainly hope it remains open and new in that sense because I think closed walls never worked. We need to have the industry open and maybe vendors or other people that do this won't make as much money as others that have closed it off. But okay, let's do something for the industry. Let's make it for the yeah. industry. Let's do something. 
all come up with other ways of generating revenue. Yeah. It, it, let's break the mold in that sense. Yeah. Why do we have to stick to the traditional mold? That, that was totally the rule with, with Snapchat, was to say, okay yeah. guys, there's got to be a way to create a business model that makes the investors and the owners and the staff and all the rest enough money without screwing over the rest of the industry. Right. That, that was the goal, basically. Right. Right. Um, and, and I mean, I, I, I guess the always, the always the question is, is you know, whoever's out there, if, if they win, will they use that to their advantage? But yeah. I guess I, I look at tools and I look at the rest of the, the world, right, outside of the hospitality industry, as I've done a lot of sort of technology development um, on the basis of tools outside of the hotel industry. And there's tools out there like Zapier, um, relatively small tool, not a huge uh, beast or anything like that, but it's connected with literally thousands of applications because they've been able to break it down to sort of these standard things and make it not so complex. Okay, do you want to integrate it on, a, on an API basis? Okay, just do it. If you need to send a webhook out, so you just post the information to a, 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 you know, a URL in the internet and then a tool can listen to that and, and read it out in whatever specific format, be it XML or JSON or whatever format that is. Mm. You know, these are things which um, you know, are miraculous coming from the hotel industry. If I'm talking to my developer guys from other tools, they're like, yeah, whatever, this is normal, this is par for the course. And so it's still, I think, a struggle for us in the industry to sort of look at the, the world outside and say, technically, it's not a problem. And it's never been really a technology problem, or mm -hmm. at least it hasn't been for a long time. Maybe in the beginning it was a technology problem. But for a long time, it hasn't been a technology problem, it's been a commercial problem. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so um, you're at MVP stage? Yeah, I would call it uh, MVP. I mean, we, we believe very much in, in lean startups. So actually, yeah. um, everything's an MVP. Every new thing we bring out is an MVP um, that, that we test and, and every step. So it will always be an MVP right. in that right. sense. Right. Uh, okay. Okay. But you do have some hotels already operating, yeah, right? Yeah, we, we've got, uh, we've, we're working already together with uh, three groups. and. Perfect. Two more are, are joining what we call our, our first movers group. So Wonderful. these are the guys that um, really work with us um, closely, understand that we're not yet doing even 80% or 100% of the emails, but yeah. we're managing currently about 30% of, of the uh, email requests that, that come in. Um, and they really help us together figure out what's the next low-hanging fruit to fix and unoptimize. Yeah. Um, so one of the questions we're discussing with our partners right now is, um, is this um, about going into, as a next level, into automating group bookings and requests? Or is it then more going into a concierge for, for the emails that are coming in? So what are, what's the things that are really going to move the needle for the hotels yeah. And I'm thinking about it from two perspectives. One's obviously the hotel management perspective, whereas where do I save costs on, on staff and where can I increase my revenues on, on higher conversions? But also back to that staff member, that poor person who has to sit there and eight or 10 or sometimes 12 hours a day, write back emails while they're on the phone, while they're changing channels and prices and channels and trying to do that all at the same time. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's a wonderful idea. I really do. And I'm very interested to, to see how you progress. Thank so you. well done. It's good to hear. Finally, now you, you've obviously been a person to travel a lot with your work. 
I'd like to hear from you what, when you stay at hotels, as a, per, a person within the industry, what are the top three peeves that you have when it comes to traveling and staying in hotels? Um, well, my opinion, number one is probably um, electricity. <laughs> Um, and I went out and bought a three meter cable um, just so that I can actually charge my phone. Right. Um, I'm, I'm half deaf so I need a really loud alarm in the morning and if it's not loud enough and close enough to my head I just don't wake up. Um, and that's not very easy to do in most of the hotels I sleep in. There's just not enough plugs yeah. close enough to, to the bed. Um, so uh, electricity, <laughs> um, of course. My phone's not very useful without internet, so internet's a, a quick uh, second one on there. And, and I mean, back to what I was saying a little bit earlier, um, the hotel's got to get to at least the level I've got at home. And I don't even have the best internet at home. I've got a 50,000. But that means I can stream while I'm working, while I'm doing other things. And if I can't do that in a hotel, then it's just not even as good as home. So why mm -hmm. am I here? And I, I guess, I mean, one of the other, other sort of small annoyances that I have is um, it still blows my mind that almost every time I, I check out of a hotel, I have to give them my business card again and ask them to put the, the right uh, address in. It, it astonishes me that it's not possible um, to, to get the proper address that I've given you at least two times by the time I finished my check-in. Mm -hmm. Once on the booking page, wherever it was, once uh, at the front desk, and, and then I come and it's not on the, the, the invoice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we can solve all those things. So it's okay. nothing to do with the bed, it's nothing to do with the pillow, that's all good. Yeah. You know? yeah. We're, yeah. We're, we're down. Awesome. <laughs> Excellent. Brenda May, it's been fantastic having you on the show. I love picking your brain. You're um, one of our, uh, I think, most intelligent folks in this industry. Um, no, really, you, you're a great speaker. It's always great to hear you talk when we're at the events and everything. So thank you very much for being here. Um, and yeah, thank you very much you for having me. The very best with with your new venture. Fantastic. Well, thanks very much for having me. It's uh, been a pleasure to pleasure. Uh, to come in and chat. Thank you. Thank you, folks. Thanks very much for watching. If you enjoyed that, make sure you subscribe and hit the bell button next to the subscribe button so that you get the notifications. Uh, we've got some great uh, episodes coming up in the future. And until next time, it's bye bye from Cologne. Ciao. Cheers.